I want to say to all those who are also watching this on LiveGate Outreach TV, our YouTube channel, and those who would be listening to the audio messages or the podcasts, that the Lord will surely reach you where you are as well. In the name of Jesus. We are on a series of studying kingdom lifestyles. Every kind of kingdom has a particular kind of lifestyle that you have to embrace. That is why those of us who have come from other countries to settle in this country will tell you that we have had to give up some kind of our way of doing things for the lifestyle of the place that we live. Because every country, every kingdom, every place has a particular way that things are done. For example, the way people drive in this country, for, 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 for starters, uh, many of us came from countries where the driving is to the right of the road, and they, like the Americans say, we drive on the wrong side of the road. But the truth is, we drive on the left, it's not the wrong side. This is our style here, and that is how it is. Uh, and uh, even the mannerism in driving, the courtesy in driving, I always say to my friends all over the world that I live in a country and I belong to a country where the driving is the best in the world. I believe that very, very strongly. Hallelujah. I know that we are very courteous and we have sensible driving in this place. 80% of the drivers are people who are cultured. And if you don't believe me, I will just take you to some countries like that and then you will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there is, there is a way that every kingdom and every place has a lifestyle. And the spiritual kingdom that we belong, we must understand, has a code of ethics, has a kind of lifestyle that we must understand as we study the scriptures. Jesus came and he demonstrated a lot to us physically to understand how to be compassionate. We looked at that last week. And uh, he showed us how, as we will be seeing today, how to be persistent how to just continue to go for the goal that is set before you. And we find in other examples of scripture how people also live like this. How to be merciful. How to live a life that is of a purpose, intending to serve God. How to place the kingdom of God first and seeking him first and his righteousness and so on and so forth. And so today we have a banner and the title of the message is The Kingdom Lifestyle of Persistency. Persistence is a lifestyle that we have to embrace as children of God. And uh, as I always do every Sunday, I look for a picture on the internet, basically. So I always give credit to whoever put the pictures up. But at the same time, I look for the picture that I like to illustrate what I'm trying to emphasize today. And I chose many pictures, as I normally do every Sunday. I will choose a series of pictures, and as the word gels in my heart, I pick the one that seems to want to typify as most uh, uh, as possible, as much as possible what I'm trying to explain. And I found this beautiful uh, sea of flowers, of tulips. Now, tulips are a very interesting plant. They can grow in different colors, but they're very popular in yellow. And um, this plant just shows a red one that just stands out. And as large as this ocean of tulips is, you can see this one standing out giving itself its identity. And of course that picture can represent many things, but for me it represents a life that sticks out every time you are persistent. Every time you refuse to conform to the norm. Every time you refuse to accept 
the norm. Every time you refuse to settle for less and you decide that you will keep going to be outstanding, you decide that you will keep going to give glory to God for all your life, you always will stand out like this. Praise the Lord. And I decree that God will help your life and my life to keep standing out like this for him. In the name of Jesus. So the word persistence really is talking about the ability to continue in a course of action despite the difficulties or oppositions that you may be facing. It is the ability to continue in a particular thought pattern, a particular course of action despite whatever opposition or difficulties or challenges you may have. Often, many times, we liken the word persistence or persistency to perseverance or endurance. They are very close, but I like to look at persistence as a combination of many things that just, you know, goes beyond just having the ability to endure or the ability to persevere, which are part and parcel of it. As a matter of fact, God opened my eyes to see very recently that persistency is based on the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22 tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. We can read it together. It's on the screen. It says what? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23, gentleness, self-control, Against such, there is no law. Now, we have done a lot of studies and we will continue to study the fruit of the Spirit. But I want you to realize, if you go back to verse 22, everything that is listed as this fruit comes together in one. And when you look at the, the, the definition of persistence, we said, being able to continue in a course of action, regardless of the opposition or difficulties, you must have the fruit of the Spirit at work in you. It is love that propelled Jesus, for example, to continue to endure to the very point. Remember at Gethsemane, he said, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass over me. But he said, at the same point, he said what? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. What was God's will? For God so loved the world. So because of love, he was able to persist to the very point where he went up to the cross. And even when they were nailing him and calling him names and they were shouting, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Even an armed robber said to him, if you are truly the son of God, save yourself and us. Sarcastically, he stood there and persisted to the very end because of love. Another scripture says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame. So you must understand, that is why he said when he was leaving, he said, I leave my peace with you. Because when you have love and you have joy and you have peace, you'll be able to persist. One of the reasons why you can persist in the call of God upon your life is the peace of God you enjoy with it. I can tell you that from the perspective of ministry. I don't get ruffled by things today because God has helped me to locate the secret of peace. The day I've told you many times, the day I read in scripture that Jesus slept in the stern of a boat, despite the storms and the winds that were billowing around him, I said, Lord, whatever it is you had that day that gave you so much rest that you were not perturbed like all the other disciples, I want it. And from that day it came on me. I sleep anytime I want to sleep, and I mean it. Because if I have his DNA and I have his spirit on my inside, I should be able to understand. 
It is the devil's device to try to make you lose your peace. Every time you lose your peace and your mind is unsettled, you can't think straight. You can't be productive. It is the demonic forces of darkness. You cannot read, you can't study, you can't pray. So you will, ne- you will no longer lose your peace. I say you will no longer lose your peace. In the name of Jesus. And then he talks about long suffering. Ability to keep going regardless of the pain. At times you just have to keep going. Not that you are not feeling pain. You feel pain. There are certain days you want to wake up and do certain things that particularly pertain to ministry or even your life call. And uh, you wake up even in your physical being you feel tired. But you must understand that the place of long suffering is a fruit of the spirit that when you embrace it helps you to keep going regardless of what you feel. And we can go on and on and on. Everything there, you, you, you manifest persistence in kindness, in goodness, and faithfulness. As these things operate in your life, you find it much easier to keep being uh, a persistent person in the things that God has called you to do. So persistence involves time and focused activity. I like something Mike Murdoch said about patience. He said patience is not Waiting without activity. People think when they say, I'm being patient, it's just that they are sat down and not doing anything and just waiting for time to pass. No, but rather patience is persistent activity. At times, that activity may be prayer, that activity may be studying, that activity may be reading, whatever it is, but you are waiting, but you have a persistent activity that is correct that you are doing in that process. So I look at persistence as something that is doing the right thing insistently over time. It involves time. Someone say time. You say time is a revealer of truths. And what I want you to understand is that when the day God said, and it was the first day in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, when he said, let there be light and there was light, and he saw that it was good, and God said, and God said, and God saw that it was good, and then the Bible says, and it was the first day. Since that day, time came into existence. And from that time, everything that is needed to set in place for what needs to happen for perfection became a law. That's why everything was measured in Genesis 1. Then you will see the next thing. You will say, and then that was the second day. And that was the third day. The thing that should happen on the third day was not allowed to happen on the first day. And ever since that time, believers must understand that there are certain things that are meant to happen in 2019 for you. And no matter how you pray and trust God and bind and lose, 2019 is God's set time for that thing to happen. You have to learn how to wait for it. You have to learn how to stay in the place of understanding with God that with God he makes all things beautiful in its time. So there are things that are time bound and time set. If you enter the university and you are going in for a three year course, you know that no matter how fantastic you score your grades the first year, they won't just call you and say, you see the way you are scoring 100 in all these things from today we give you the degree. No, you have to go through the ropes. <laughs> so you go through year one, year two, year three, and if you're in medical school or those other kind of programs that need you to go up to five years or more, then you keep going until the very end before you get your degree because there are certain things that are time-bound. Hallelujah. Some are physically set, some are spiritually set. 
So we must understand why we need to have this lifestyle and mentality of being persistent. The devil will want in the place of your waiting and trusting God for a manifestation, he will want you to be discouraged. He will want to say things that will want to put you out of focus. You must never allow him. I say you will never allow him in the name of Jesus. Now having said that, there are times that also you need the intensity of focus to take delivery of certain things. It is still being persistent. How do I mean? Whilst it is godly, holy, scriptural to wait for God's timing, at times, even in the place of God's timing, there is a kind of persistence you have to manifest. It is time to be delivered, but something is hindering it. It is time to be delivered, but something is not happening. Now, you need to understand the kind of persistence that you need in such instance. That was what happened in Mark chapter 10 to blind Bartimaeus. It was his time. But something was trying to make sure that he didn't get a hold of it. When he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They told him to shut up. They said, keep quiet. He's not looking for people like you. But blind Bartimaeus knew that it was his time. So the Bible says he shouted out the more. Now, anyone with a lack of understanding would have sat down. And only God knows what would have happened to blind Bartimaeus. Maybe he would have died a blind man. He would have sat down there. But he said no. And then at a point when he said he is calling you, he threw off his garment and ran to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he knew something was telling him that it was time. It was the same thing with the woman with the issue of blood. After 12 years of waiting and trying the doctors and trying everybody, the Bible says when the time came, she went for the press and she pressed. She said in her heart, I know that if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole because it is my time. Tell your neighbor for me, it is your time. In the name of Jesus. So we must understand these dimensions of persistency. When it is time to take delivery of something, God will let you know it is your time and you must contend for certain things. Hallelujah. When it is something you need to wait for and allow God to form, you need to learn how to be patient enough to wait with God. Praise the Lord. So by perseverance, we need to understand the concept of timing very well. Everything that needs to take its time, God allows it to take its time to reach the defined goal. Great servant of God, Charles Spurgeon said this and I liked it. He said, by perseverance, even the snail reached the ark. Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> by perseverance, you had other animals like the hyenas, the cheetahs, all those fast animals, the ostrich. We learned when my wife and I went to Cape Town last uh, June, very lovely trip, thank God for it. We saw many ostriches and we were being told by the tour guide that they were one of the fastest animals. I never knew that. I thought they were just big birds that like to look like that. <laughs> but I'm told that, one, that you can't match them. That Not even Hussein Bolt in his running days, because he's retired now, isn't he? Not even him could have matched them on, you know, by, by pace 
uh, because they are very fast animals. So you had animals like that. You, have you ever imagined fast animals like that would have zoomed in? The rabbit would have gone. Everyone would have gone. But the snail knew that my life is not geared up for speed. I take my time. I don't even crawl. I don't know what I do. I just move. <laughs> I wanted to say I crawl, but he doesn't crawl. He just moves and moves and moves. And he still got in. That's why we have them here today. Let's give the Lord a big hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have no business comparing your life with somebody else. That is what it means. Go at your own time. So I just want to quickly look at a few areas where we need to be persistent. Number one, if you have your pen, please write. You need to be persistent in the pursuit of spiritual vitality. Spiritual vitality. We read it in our portion of scripture reading today. Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 12. The Bible says, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And make straight paths for your feet. So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor for me. Strengthen the hands which hang down. And the feeble knees. It is your responsibility and my responsibility to keep strengthening our hands. Spiritually speaking, that means restore your own spiritual vitality. We have a believer generation, like I would always say, who like to shift the blame to somebody else. When certain things are not going on in their life, they blame the brother, they blame the sister, they blame the spouse, they blame the pastor. Oh, in fact, the pastor is usually the first one on the list. It's always the pastor's fault. (laughs) Pastor didn't call me. He doesn't care about me. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says you and I have a responsibility to strengthen the feeble hands, the hands which hand down and the feeble knees. What does that mean? I have a responsibility to remain persistent in my Christian call. I must not hold you responsible for my spirituality. You must not hold me or anybody else responsible for your spirituality. You wake up every morning, it is your duty to learn to pray. It is your duty to study the word for yourself. The Bible says you study the word to show yourself approved, not to show your spouse approved. To show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, but you are rightly dividing the word of truth. So we must understand that it is important that we persevere and persist in the pursuit of spiritual vitality. And may the Lord continue to strengthen us all. In the name of Jesus. We need to understand that persistence means that you are doing it. Whether anybody says thank you or not. Whether anybody sees you or not. The Lord who sees and rewards. Will always keep you in the spiritual vitality you need. In the name of Jesus. And so we must understand these things. And I, I want to thank God for their lives today. Because I can look back and I can see how God rewarded them. All of them, all their children, every one of us, by the grace of God, are being helped by God to put them in good accommodation, give them good life. You know, it is a reward of faithfulness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I pray that my God will reward you for being persistent in the kingdom matters. In the name of Jesus. So, 
Spiritual vitality is your responsibility to keep going. The next thing is persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer. We must understand that the devil does not like anyone to pray. And God wants everyone to pray. And if we want to be children of God, we must do what God wishes for us. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Just note that down. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. Pray unending. Keep praying. Colossians chapter uh, 4, verse 2. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Let's read that together. It's on the screen. Continue what? Earnestly in prayer. Being what? Vigilant. In it with what? Thanksgiving. That's a combination of all the prayer that you need to be praying. You need to be persistent in thanksgiving prayer. Some of us will always thank God regardless of what we face. In this my little life, I can tell you I have had some very, very harsh treatments and harsh things that I've faced in life, but I've found that the secret of being happy and joyful all the time is knowing how to keep giving God thanks regardless of what you are facing. Some Christians are fair-weather Christians. When it is good, oh Lord, we bless your name. You're a good God. <laughs> when the promotion comes, oh Lord Jesus, you are sweet. You are beautiful. <laughs> when the salary hits the account or the business is doing well, Lord, you're faithful. I just love you. <laughs> when the storms blow and things are complicated, they say, God, why? <laughs> the same lips to say, God, why? Why is all this happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> you must understand the Bible says continue. Tell your neighbor for me, continue. continue. Look at their face. Tell them eyeball to eyeball. Say continue. continue. That means never stop. Say that means never stop. Praying and giving thanks. We must understand. When we talk about prayer continuity, many of us find it easy to continue to intercede and to do petition. That one people can pray. They are praying for something to shift. They are praying for somebody to give birth or for their own child to be born or something. They can do that every day because the, the need is always there and they are persistent. They are going, they are going. But when it comes to understanding that thanksgiving is something you should also do equally. That's why when Jesus taught how to pray, he said, you pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Meaning worship him first. Every time your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Then you begin to talk about the things that you need. Give us this day our daily bread. But when we, many people start praying, the first thing they say is, Lord, this is today. I need my daily bread. But he said, look, you start praying. Give honor to God. Hallelujah. Thank God first. Hallelujah. So we must understand that we need to be persistent in the prayer of thanksgiving. And also, as I said, we need to be persistent in the prayer of petition. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. It is very tempting to lose heart when you are praying for something and it's not changing. For over 30 years, I prayed for my elder brother who has gone to be with the Lord in glory now. For over 30 years, I prayed, I prayed my heart that Lord keep this man. We were all raised as people who would fear the Lord and love the Lord. But he had a fair share of, of his own battles with life. But he fought, especially the last five years of his life, he fought it and fought it. To the point where he even became an assistant pastor. Praise the Lord. But the prayers never stopped. 
We kept on praying. I was only 15 years old on the campus when he was virtually running mad. Right before our very eyes. He was in medical school, but he couldn't finish because of that. And it was tough. And I know as a teenager, I asked a lot of questions. I said, Lord, but my parents, all of us, we served you. We, we love you. Why, why is this thing happening? It's one of those things that you never can ever explain in life. But I thank God we stood in the place of persistent prayers. And I pray that God will give you that same stamina to keep praying. In the name of Jesus. We used to have the slogan, push, many years ago. Pray until something happens. You need to know how to push. Believers will pray for two days. Nothing is happening, they are gone. Or they are sleeping. Like Peter and all those guys with Jesus. (laughs) Pastor Lade was reminding us on Wednesday how they could not just stay one hour. Jesus came back again and said, what are you doing? You are still sleeping. And they will stand up and shake their face again and go. And Jesus will go and intercede. Jesus was praying. Drops of blood was coming out, praying, 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 sweating. By the time he comes back, these ones have slept again. They don't understand the place of persistence. Hallelujah. Everything works together for good. At times, the prayer of persistence helps you to develop stamina spiritually. And God wants you to have that stamina. Hallelujah. So at times we pray persistently. Elisha knew that it was time for Elijah to be going. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 1, And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by whirlwind, Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. I want to leave you now. The Lord has sent me on. But Elisha knew that it was not yet over. Something has to be. So Elisha said, as the Lord lives. Read it with me. Then Elijah said to Elisha, read it loud. Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Hallelujah. So they went to where? To Bethel. It was very tempting. He could have left him and gone. But Elisha knew that no, as far as time is concerned, I must persist to continue with you on this journey because I want a double portion of your anointing. We know that from the rest of the story. And we know very well that he got it. Praise the Lord. What am I trying to say here? We need to understand the place of persistence in kingdom service. It's not just about persistence in following in a church but also in doing what God has called you to do there. There is always something that will discourage you from doing what you ought to do. I I don't know when believers will get this. Who told you that the devil will ever make it easy for you to serve God? (laughs) Who told you that the devil will always make it rosy and sweet? He doesn't want it. He wants you to be discouraged like everybody else who is discouraged and have lost the plot. But you will not join that statistic. In the name of Jesus. There are more pastors today who have left ministry. I just saw a recent statistic that said there are more pastors today who have left ministry. People who planted churches and were in ministry. Who have left ministry than the rate that true churches, genuine churches now are being planted. I'm not talking about these hirelings doing laboratory factory of uh, church of God. (laughs) I saw some things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. People planting true churches for the sake of the kingdom now are less in number compared to the rates pastors are burning out and leaving ministry. It is not a good thing. Lord have mercy. 
We must understand that the devil does not like the existence of any church, not to talk of the progress of one. And he doesn't like, what, who is the church? Is it the building? No, it's the people in the building. It's the people that gather there. He doesn't like them to be persistent, so he keeps bringing discouragement. The Lord will cause you to keep going. In the name of Jesus. I want you to understand that these are very deep spiritual truths, but we need to learn how to be persistent in the place that God has called us to be. I have learned in my own short life so far that when you are persistent in doing what God has called you to do, when he raises you to the next assignment, you find that you have been trained and you have been schooled. If I was not persistently following in the three churches I served in, this, uh, in, in the time, in the last 20 years that I've been in ministry as such, if I was not persistently following the mandate in those places, there is no way I could be doing what I'm doing now. There is no way. I served in every place as if it was the last assignment I would do on earth. There is no difference. The energy I'm putting now, there is no difference from what I was doing then. And I was not so-called head pastor. I was not. But I realized that there is something about God that when you are persistent in a place and persistent in a place, it trains you and puts into you the spiritual energy and stamina that you need. If I did not train myself then, how could I be doing this now? So you must understand, when you see somebody who is going and they're doing it, it's not a gift. It's not a gift. There is no gift of kingdom service. It's discipline, persistent, and a lot of intentionality. You make the right choices that help you to keep serving God. Take my word for it. Keep deciding for God. Keep persisting in the things of God. God will open doors for you that will beat human comprehension. I said that will be your portion in the name of Jesus. No, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Don't grow weary. A lot of believers grow weary in showing kindness, in giving, in being generous. There is no body in life that ever makes anything meaningful without persistence. You heard the prime minister last week. She, wrote a, she read a speech, 45 minutes 10 minutes of it was full of a lot of coughing and pain. It must have been pain in her throat. How many of you heard that speech? At least you've seen it on, on news. Because she wants to lead the nation. She wants to pour out her heart and do what she believes she should be doing. She said, we will build houses. <laughs> we will build mass houses. <coughs> They gave her water. They were clapping. She gave a joke or two. She continued. And then her voice went down again and she continued. One of the prime ministers of this country, Benjamin Disraeli, he said, if you want to succeed in life, perseverance and tact are the two things you must never leave. Disraeli was of a Jewish descent, but great man who ruled this country and started the principle of the one nation indivisible under God. Hallelujah. You have to know how to be persistent. I want you to know those are politicians. But we as children of God give up. We give up when things don't work the way we want it to work. We have to be persistent in diligence at work. I want you to know that there is something that is the last thing I want to say. Be persistent in diligence at work. 
Many young people want to become CEOs overnight. They want to become top consultants, professors. They just want to jump the gun because there is a mentality, the McDonald's mentality, the fast food mentality that says, give me now, I quickly eat it and go. It doesn't work in life. Everything you jump up to has a potential to crash. But when you grow up to something, you build enough stability for that thing. When the wind blows against you, because you grow up to it, you grew up to it, then you have it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4, he who has a slack hand becomes poor. You will not become poor. He said, but a hand of the diligent makes rich. The diligent hand of God upon your life will keep increasing you. In the name of Jesus. I want you to believe God that as you are persistent in your spirituality, persistent in prayer, persistent in kingdom service, persistent in doing well or well doing, and persistent in doing the things that God has given to you by way of work, my God will cause you to obtain rewards. I say you will obtain rewards. In the name of Jesus, I want you to rise to your feet.